Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds remotely, our Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? Ah, it's going pretty good and some semifinals lost in the Scott Fishbowl semifinals. That kind of hurt, but uh, had a miraculous win this week in my oldest league, my 17-year-old Dynasty League, the, the site that started Dynasty Nerds, going into the Browns game. Um, once after the, the kick that field goal, I was down point one points. Point one. All Not I had was Browns. Point, point one. one. Point one. All I had was Browns defense left. Um Yes, we say we still play with kickers in defense this league because it's 17 years old and nobody wants to change it, even though I bring them for vote every year. In the whole game, all I needed was a sack or an interception. That's all I needed. And they didn't get one at all. To the very final drive of the game, the second last play from the game, they sacked the quarterback in Colt McCoy, and I ran around the house like I'd won a fantasy football <laughs> championship. It was, it was I, I was nervous for the guy that you were playing that entire drive. I was like, there's no way that they're not going to sack them or there's going to be a fumble, <laughs> or there's going to be one of these stupid interceptions where they just chuck it downfield and a DB, you know, makes a, a meaningless interception. And there it was second last play. Um, uh, Miles Garrett pulls off the sack that, that ended up making you the, the victor in that one. Yes. Crazy. Very crazy. Uh, hey, fantasy football is a crazy game. We see it all the time. I saw a tweet today about the person that lost. He was up. He was up in the league by a half a point or whatever it was, or point four. Point four five points, and then Juju lost that fumble, and it was in PPR, and he got minus half a point and lost yep. by point five points because of it. Oh. I think Field Yates tweet out says this is the worst beat I've ever seen. I'm like, man, that's cold blooded, man. Oh, I lost by I lost a, a game by point oh four, so not even a tenth of a point. I lost by four hundredths of a point this week. I was mm. I was super salty. They're everywhere. You're you guys listening, you guys watching, you know what we're talking about. I mean, I got burned in my high stakes league, right? My, my most costly league that costs to get in there. They, they mocked me beforehand. Like you're not starting your boy Baker. He's on fire. And I'm like, I'm starting Jared Goff, man. Come on. I lost by 4.9 points or something like that. And Baker scored five more points than Jared Goff. That's oh, an epic burn. Brutal. Yeah, that hurts for my love too. You know, for my love, but he showed me, he says, okay, he's like, Hey, Hey, I won the don't best out of me. Guys. I would <laughs> question, I would question your love after something like that, Richard. I don't know, man. Hey, listen, people, I think it's just, I think it's a facade. Personally. I see things out here on like Twitter. People will talk like, oh, they, they see things through an Ohio state glasses or Brown's glasses. Like now when it comes to fan, when it comes to like yeah. drafting players and playing guys, there's no, there's no cloudiness here. When we rank rookies, it doesn't matter if they go to Ohio state. It does not. I want good players. I don't care where they play. They can go wherever they want. It does not matter to me. Um, so I felt like Jared Goff had the better matchup versus the jets. Uh, boy, was I wrong. Boy, right. were the Ram fans wrong. Boy, the were Jets the people who bet beaters. on the Rams money line. Boy, were they wrong. Uh, about as wrong as the people that took the Steelers money line. Yesterday. But you know who's yeah. absolutely right is Trevor Lawrence. He's yeah. loving yeah. life. Yeah. No state tax in Florida, Trevor. Gotta love That's that right. one. Yeah. Yeah. Not all tied up there in New York. So, and I had a good week. To, so I had a great weekend. Uh, Got to see some people I haven't seen in a while. Uh, safely, of course. And, you know, just overall, it was a good week. And I told my wife, I was like, man, there's a couple things that go right here at the end of this weekend is the Steelers could somehow miraculously lose to the Bengals, which I know it's not going to happen. But, you know, this the, the, the really tie off this weekend. I was like, the Browns could beat the Giants. And then in my old, like our oldest league, the 17 year old league, I was like, I'm down huge. But, like, for somehow for me to miraculously come back because my three stud receivers and Tyree killed DeAndre Hopkins and Robert Woods. And, and, and then I was like, also win my bets in my betting league on my bookie. You know what I mean? I, I made some big bets on my bookie. We we're talking about in about a minute. I did the bills. I did the Browns both individually big. And I parlayed them. Uh, every single thing I wanted for the weekend to come great came to fruition. Nice. It's a Christmas miracle. Guys. It's good to be rich. It's good to be rich. Dots <laughs> in this weekend. I'm telling you, it was great. It was fantastic. I loved it. And speaking of my friends at my bookie, if you want to triple up your money, like I did this weekend, sometimes there's only like, you know, 
when it comes to gambling on there, what I always learned is like some people just bet just because they got to bet, right? They got to bet. They just got to bet. And I, I get that. It's an addiction. You know, you got, you should, you should, who am I to argue with that? But at the same time, you got to make sure when you're, when you're going at, sometimes you see these bets that are just too good to be true. I mean, some people probably think all two bets are going to be true, but I saw the Browns and the Bills line this week on my bookie. And I was like, I got to get me some of that. I normally don't bet my whole bankroll, but on this week, I was like, I'm going all in on my bookie, on the Bills, on the Browns. Then I parlayed them. I tripled up my money. It was a fantastic week. Remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about I had a bad week? I do, yeah. yeah. I remember. All gone, all gone. <laughs> on the year, I'm up six times the money. This is fantastic. This is a true story. I'm crushing it. I'm crushing on my bookie. I feel like if I was in Vegas out, I'd be down six times my money, but because I'm using my bookie, not only are they a great advertiser, they're good mojo. And you can get that good mojo too right now by using the promo code Dynasty. They're going to match you up to 50% of your money. If you put in 1000 bucks, they're going to give you 500 bucks. And there's all these different platforms to play on, but they have casinos and table games. They got future bets. You can bet NBA starting today. You can bet an NBA. And of course, NFL playoffs are coming up. And we all know the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl. Get those odds in now. Get those odds in now with the way that Baker Mayfield's playing. Pat Mahomes, I'm sorry. You're just not putting up as many fancy points as Baker, which in my eyes tells me who's the better quarterback. Right? Baker. Uh, clearly Baker. Clearly. clearly. Obviously. I only see things through a fantasy lens, and I see clearly now that the Browns are an unstoppable force. Get to my bookie right now. Put in that promo code Dynasty. Get some cash flow and bet on the Browns to win the Super Bowl. And if you need any bets, hey, I'm surprised. We've been talking about my bookie all year, and I've been telling everybody how good I am. Not one person on Twitter has asked me, hey, who are you taking this week? Who are you taking? No one's asked. Which I'm going to ask you now. Please don't ask me and don't ruin my mojo because I am crushing. And all I got to do is get to the Super Bowl and I'm out. And then I'm cashing out. I'm hoping to be up like. Never playing again. 5,000, 7,000. Oh, that's so much money. Oh, <laughs> I'm retiring. I'm going to become a professional dynasty nerd. This is going to be great. <laughs> Thanks, my bookie. You can become a professional dynasty nerd too. If you go to my bookie right now, log in, promo code dynasty, get some of that free cash, and then get some of those free lines as well. I don't, to be fair, I looked at the lines early already this morning, come out Tuesday at noon. Didn't like any of them. Didn't like any of them. But you know what? I'm up big. I got time. I got patience, babes. Go. I got patience. Injuries, like all kinds of good stuff it. happens. Never know. So today's show, we're talking uh, buys. We're going to do two shows here. We're going to do buys and sells after the, the official uh, fantasy season's over after this week. And on this show, we're going to do our sells. And then the Nerd Herd episode, which is next, is going to be our buys. We got, we got six guys total for each show. Of course, we're going to be off next week like we are every year. We take that time off uh, just to really decompress between New Year's and Christmas, you know, doing two shows a day, uh, two shows a day, two shows a week and run dining centers and all this, and getting the information ready. It's a lot of work. Um, it's a great time for us to be with our family and decompress. Yep. It, there's, not a lot to, there's not a lot of dynasty new moves to be made the week after Super Bowl. A lot of sorrow. A lot of glee and a lot of focus. Spend that time in the Dynasty Nerds film room. That's the best yep. advice I can give you. Um, so we'll be off. We'll be off uh, next week. But in the meantime, we're going to come back to New Year. We're going to do our Dynasty Nerds award show. We're going to talk some 2020, uh, what we learned from 2020 in the Nerd Herd episode. Then we're going to do a 20, 2019 rookie redraft the following week. And then we're going to do a 2021 way too early mock draft. Whew. So our shows are planned hmm. out for you. Um, if you want to see where your team stands, of course, you can use the Dynasty GM free to use. Go check it out. You know, for three days, go check it out. But today we're going to talk about some cells. Okay, guys, dynasty cells. And remember, a dynasty cell it doesn't mean you're selling a player because he's bad, right? It's just the game of dynasty fantasy football, we talk about it all the time, is like the stock market. When to get in, when to get out. What to hold, what to feel safe. You know, sometimes you move your stocks into safe uh, assets, you know, a, a stock like McDonald's, stock like Amazon, something safe, right? But you know, you know what you're getting, the return's not too great. You know, it's a... Like Amazon right now is like a solid Robert Woods, right? <laughs> you know, like, you know what you're going to get. You know what you're going to get week in, week out. You feel good about it. Um, Derrick Henry, you know, he's like McDonald's. It's like Stephon week in, week Diggs, out. Right, right crushing. crushing. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So um, <laughs> so let's start the show off. Let's talk about some of these guys here. I'm going to go first with one of my cells here. And one of my cells is going to be Aaron Jones, running back for the Green Bay Packers. And again, I think Aaron Jones uh, is a dynamic running back. This is a guy coming out of UTEP uh, a couple of years ago that I liked more than Jamal Williams when Jamal Williams was getting drafted ahead of him. And I thought he was, had a really good upside with his explosiveness and shiftiness. And it took 
a couple of years, but he actually did get into that light and become a running back one. This year, Aaron Jones is running back five on a year. He's 26 years old, averaging 19 points per game. And, that's, and he's only played in 12 games. So he's running back five still. He's only played in 12 games. And he has 180 carries, 968 yards, um, averaging 5.4 yards per carry, eight touchdowns, 41 receptions, 298 yards, good for 7.3 average and two touchdowns with two fumbles. And the reason I feel like Aaron Jones is a good sell in Dynasty is we talked about it last week about the, this plethora of young running backs in the NFL right now and where they're more available than they've ever been. And we have a 2021 rookie class coming in. And Aaron Jones' future is kind of unknown right now. I know he just changed agents. That could be a sign of, like, he actually does want to stay in Green Bay, and his old agent couldn't make it work. Um, so that's what that could be a possibility as well. But at the same time, that's the only way I would not want to sell Aaron Jones, and this, this would not be a conversation for me, is if somehow he would have already resigned with Green Bay or they were leaning towards signing them. But right now – they just signed their left tackle, uh, Bakari, to the biggest deal ever, right? And they're already tight against the cap as it is. So I don't know how they're going to get this deal done when they're going to want to draft a the first-round picks or even bring in another receiver. I know they got to sign their center, who's a free agent. they got to keep the offensive line together. And right now, their cap being so tight, I think it's a reason, with Jamal Williams being a free agent as well, that they drafted A.J. Dillon. You know what I mean? Like, they were worried that they're not going to re-sign Aaron Jones with, with the running back market and what Aaron Jones is going to command on the market. I mean, the guy's not taking less than 12 million a year. I can't imagine that. And at 26 years old, who knows what this market's going to be and who's going to be willing to pay a running back. And anytime we see these running backs change teams, they're hardly ever as dynamic as they were on their old team. You know, a lot of times the scheme fit and Aaron Jones fits the scheme perfectly, but so will the running back who they draft if they draft the right guy or they can find a guy cheaper in free agency. Cause there is a couple free agent running backs here that might be a little bit cheaper that they might want to pair with AJ Dillon and not sign Aaron Jones. And for me, I think after the season where Aaron Jones is going to finish, you can still get a pretty good haul for Aaron Jones. He has two years of being a running back one, a dynamic running back one. And history tells us that that window is about a two to three year window for dynamic running backs. So he's at the very tail end of that even if he does stay in green Bay coming in as a 27, 28 year old running back just now, I think that the, the juice would never be higher for a guy like Aaron Jones. And I love to be in a fluid situation with my running backs. So I think he's a really good opportunity to sell for a guy whose running backs are depleted. Maybe they went into the season. They went in on Todd Gurley, who now we just saw got passed up by Edo Smith on the depth chart. Um, the, the chance that he could resign somewhere. I'm not even waiting for him to free agency though. This is a guy that I would like to, once the year is over, start to actively start selling and try and get, you know, basically a mid range to right around. I think, I think you can get a 21 first and a 21 second, probably mid range, which I'd feel pretty comfortable at, or at least try to flip for a running back. I like and a draft pick. I don't know what you guys feel about Aaron Jones. Cause he's a dynamic running back. It's just, I think the most important move in dynasty is not when you sell your receivers, not when you sell your QB, QBs, not when you sell your tight ends, it's when do you sell that running back and get out from under that so fragile floor that every single running back is. There's no exceptions here either. No running back is a guaranteed prospect year in, year out, no matter how good we think they are. I mean, right now, I honestly, I would say the safest running back is a guy I like the least, and it's probably Derrick Henry. But a guy like Aaron Jones, to me, does not fit that mold. I think he's going to be he's going to help be in the right system and the right scheme. And if he doesn't sign in Green Bay, I see his value drop significantly unless he went to a place like San Fran, who, again, I don't see them signing a big-time running back either. What say you guys on me saying Aaron Jones is a must-sell in the 2020 offseason? I, I, I like that idea. I mean, I, I'm, I was one to – I thought he was a sell last year as well. So, you know, him putting up pretty good numbers on top of the numbers that, he, that we thought he really couldn't even replicate – last year with all the touchdowns that he had, I think this is a great opportunity to get out because like you said, they're, they don't have a ton of ta cap space. They went out and, and they drafted AJ Dillon this past year. Sure. He hasn't performed much, but I don't know that that's going to change their mind because as of now, they're projected to be almost $18 million over the cap. And I know that those numbers can be massaged and, and, and all that, but it's a, it's basically a bottom five, type of number in the league as far as cap space goes so 
are you going to spend that on a running back where really, you know, if you look back in history, it, it's not a very good investment um, going, you know, making a big, inve- big time investment in a running back who's 26 years old or, or really basically any, any running back that's up for a contract. Once you, once you pay them, you're, you're basically paying for past performance, not what you're going to be getting in the future. So I, I like, I like the idea of selling Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones, just because I feel like it's a bit of an unknown if he's going to sign back there, but even if he does, it's still, what are you, you going to get out of him one year, maybe two before everything just kind of starts falling off. So this is the time, this is the, the point where he's never going to get higher in value. It's only going to go down from here. So that's what makes him a sell in my eyes. Yeah. And for, and, and for draft, like I wouldn't, I, I'm not looking to trade Aaron Jones for a draft pick. Really. I know I use that as compensation wise. Like I'm trying to grab one of these like young running backs, right? Like I'm trying to get a JK Dobbins. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get a Deandre Swift. Other- like, I'm okay doing that. Are there any of the main rookie running backs right now you wouldn't trade for him straight up? No, not one of them. Um, well, no, straight up wise, I'd want like I'd want something back. Like if I got Cam Akers, like I'd want like a second back, like a okay. a, a, a mid second. And I, and I'm willing to gamble on Akers. This is what I've saw the last couple of weeks. If I what about what about J. Rob, C. E. H. Um, I would Taylor. I think James Robinson. And uh, Cam Akers, I'd probably want a second on top of Aaron Jones. Okay. Um, I'm taking the youth. The rest will yeah. be straight up. DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, uh, Clyde Edwards, and Jonathan Taylor. I would do straight up for Aaron Jones. Okay. So I'm, t- I'm taking the, I'm taking the extra years. I'm not. Yeah. I might not get the same productivity, but I I also might. You know what I mean? It's it's a gamble. And, and that, that's I, the. Th- I, I, that's the thing about the running backs. And that, that's why I'm, I'm with you guys on this, even though, you know, I, I love to debate the points. I'm absolutely with you guys because with the running back position, if he has a great year next year, wherever he goes, bummer, I missed out. If he has a terrible year and I hold on to him, all of a sudden he has no value to me at all anymore. And that's the thing with running backs. If I'm a year too early or, or maybe even dare I say two years too early, that stinks. I, I wish I would have known the right perfect time to sell, but I would rather be that than be a year or two too late. And then all of a sudden I get zero in return for him. So unless I am just absolutely loaded and, and the only weak spot is maybe my running back. So I want to hold on. That would be the only scenario where I'd even consider holding him. But, but I'm with you. I would much rather get out now than, than lose all value. Yeah. It's the worst position to be left empty handed with is a running back, you know, it kills your team. Uh, you can get nothing in return. I mean, even a guy like Todd Gurley, who who was a running back one, and people knew you know, they still you couldn't sell that guy for anything for most right. leagues. And I think this offseason didn't help the running backs' cause. We saw all these running backs sign these big contracts. Christian McCaffrey missed almost the entire year. Uh, Saquon didn't sign, but like Joe Mixon Joe signed Mixon. a big contract, misses the entire year. Uh, Zeke did it two seasons ago, but. We saw that said, this year. Del, Delvin Cook signed his. He's fine. Austin Eckler signs his. M- misses most of the year. Um, and there's one other guy too that I'm missing. Delvin Henry. Cook's the only one to perform. Oh, and Derek Henry performed too. He performed. So never mind. Um, but it just hurts. I mean, it hurts. The salary cap drops like everybody expects it to this year, um, or not even go up. It's going to be hard for NFL teams to find ways to spend that extra capital on a running back. Which some of these running backs are going to sign for less, and some of these guys are just okay. Might get deals elsewhere. You know, somebody else might get what maybe Todd Gurley signs for the minimum somewhere in a place like San Francisco just to prove that he can do it. You know what I mean? Something along those lines as well. So I think I'm with Garrett. I don't want to be left in empty handed with Aaron Jones. His value is just too high today. And when running backs get that value, I think next year I'm going to have the same conversation about Joe Mixon. You know what I mean? Like time to get out. It's just Mm -hmm. these running backs, when they hit this 27 years old, Right. And they, and, they, and they offer such a good return of running back five over back to back years. That's cream of the crop value. You can't miss out on that. And like I said, no, you know your league mates better than we do. And maybe you can get like J.K. Dobbins plus. Maybe you get DeAndre Swift plus for an Aaron Jones. Cool. You know what I mean, it's, it's, and that plus could be a third round pick in this draft class. I'm okay. That plus could be a guy like Keelan Cole. Okay. Trevor Lawrence is going to be there. Maybe he resigns. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, <laughs> Or I can, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like it could be a plus with a long shot or a, a backup position. Maybe he's got three tight ends and you need a tight end. So give me Cole Komet and um, give me Cole Komet and JK Dobbins for Aaron Jones. Ooh, I love you Cole know, Komet. Something along those lines. I mean, sure. but do it. 
make the move to get younger. You know what I mean? Like make these moves to get younger and offer upside. Go for upside here. So that's my Aaron Jones uh, move. Matt, you got a player you'd like to sell? So I'm, uh, I'm going to stay kind of on the same vein, um, but maybe go a little bit bolder and, and go with a guy is Ezekiel Elliott, because I, I know a lot of people will, will question the picking of Ezekiel Elliott at this point. I mean, he is right now at, at this point in the year, he's, he's running back 11 on the year, but if you dig in a little bit, I mean, on a points per game basis, if, if you look at him that way, he drops even further, he's down to 16. And all that stuff worries me a little bit. We all know that the Dallas Cowboys offense as a whole, and particularly the offensive line, has been pretty pretty shooken up this whole entire year. So you don't want to discount it too much. But at the same time, this is a guy that's 25 years old. He's right on the – he'll be 26 come next season. So he's in the same age range as, a guy, as the Aaron Jones guy we were just talking about um, in, in the previous conversation. And this isn't – it's not an indictment on Zeke saying, hey, he's done by any means. But I'm not sure that if you look into his, you know, you look at his numbers, it was, you know, last year was pretty good, but it was 2018 where he really topped off. He was 1,400 yards, 77 receptions for an additional 500 yards. He, he kind of had a little bit of a step back last year where he only had 1,300 yards and only 55 catches. And this year, the thing that worried me even most is when I watched him, he didn't yep. seem to have the same burst that he had in the past. He look explosive. He doesn't look explosive. Tony Pollard, on the other hand, pops off the page when you're watching him still behind the same crappy offensive line. So at this point, I know it's kind of a gutsy move, but I think it's the best time to get out from under Zeke before you see something else. Another, another step back happens for him and he kind of falls off a cliff. So I think right now he still holds a lot of name value and he still presents good stats to back it up to. He's still a running back one at this point. So that's what makes him in my eyes, a sell at this point. And Jerry Jones coming out, talking about uh, Tony Pollard as well. And how he's a dyna dynamic explosive running back that need to get in the field more. Mm -hmm. um, so we could be looking more towards like a Nick Chubb, cream hunt kind of dual combo um, a little bit more of like a Latavius Murray, Alvin Kamara combo there as well. And I mean, that would hurt Zeke a little bit. And then, we know that when you drop receptions, which is Tony Pollard looked great in the passing game. It, if you drop just those numbers, just a little bit, it's a difference between being a running back one and a running back two. It's, yep. it's, it's the slightest difference there. And with all these young guys really starting to come on strong this year. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, the second half of the year, looks like all the, the running back that we've all hoped he would be by going to the Colts and having a guy like Travis Etienne come in and does he end up in San Francisco and a guy like Najee Harris, does he end up in Pittsburgh? You know what I mean? Like those two guys, there's a couple of running backs in this draft class that land in a really good spot that even though with this receiving class this 21 is really strong that they're going to get a frontline movement because all of a sudden now we see Travis Etienne in San Fran and we know what Kyle Shanahan can do with any running back. Raheem, Raheem Moster could be gone and Pittsburgh clearly needs a running back. So there are situations that they're Miami, having all this draft capital, what they're going to do and what they can do with the running back position. Again, more likely now I can see Miami signing a guy like Aaron Jones or one of these free agent running backs because they'll have the money and have so much young draft capital guys. Like easy to see them draft a guy as well. So yeah, I, I, I'm with you here uh, all the way. It's just, I mean, almost everything we said about Aaron Jones, right? Like right. just on the value is just so high. And right now, I mean, you can ask a lot of, owners right now a, a casual fancy guy who do you want aaron jones or zeke elliott they're gonna say aaron jones well and and that's that's kind of gonna lead me to my main point here because matt i 100 percent with all of the analysis about zeke i'm i am very worried about zeke i'm worried about that situation however i think overall the fantasy community has gotten hip to that i think everyone in the fantasy community is now very very concerned about zeke and so i think it, the tides have almost turned to the point where I think he's become so inexpensive. I, I put out a poll today of which running backs would you rather have? And it was a, a list of a lot of the main rookies, uh, Joe Mixon and Jacobs were in there. So a lot of guys that would be in that tier, uh, John, uh, James Robinson was in there, CEH, Jonathan Taylor, almost every single person that, that listed in there had Zeke either second to last or last out of all those guys. So people are saying right now, give me John James Robinson, even though that situation's a little unsure, give me him over Zeke at this point. And so, so, that, so the current market value is already crashed. No, no, I think false. it crashed too soon. Yeah. 
Now, I see. Here's what I disagree on this. I completely disagree. You disagree with my disagree? Yeah, only because you're talking to the 11 out of 12 owners in the league that don't own Zeke. And sure. I know I've talked to I've I've talked to some Zeke owners about this, and I'm trying to get their grasp on it, like as a talk, like for other leagues to make moves, right? Not. And every single Zeke owner still feels that he is a top asset. And even though they feel like people are sure. saying his market value is down, they will not sell for anything but what his market value was going into the 2020 season. Then, then he's not a sell then. Because if that's what all the owners feel his value is and everyone else thinks his value is down here, then he's not a sell. Yeah, no. I, I, he, because you can't sell him for that price of what the owners think he's worth. I'm just telling you what the owners think he's worth. You know what I mean, like I agree with Matt. Like I think he's a sell. I just think if you do have him, like it might be a hard because he's not. The, I'm with Matt. Like at the same time, almost like Aaron Jones. Like I'm not giving either of those guys away, right? Like right. I want and, fair value in return. But I think with Zeke, I think this. I think the same conversation we were talking about Aaron Jones. I guess is the same conversation I'd want from Zeke, but maybe like instead of like Cole Komet, like Dallas Scotter. You know what I mean, like, I think we're saying the same thing, Rich, because if I'm a Zeke owner, let's, let's put myself in the Zeke owner's shoes. I'm not willing to sell him for what everyone is wanting to buy him right, right now, because that's just not there. So that's why I'm saying, I don't think he is a sell because people aren't going to pay the price that uh, I, as an owner would think he is worth. So I think we're just, saying the same thing. I mean, I, I, it's so league specific, whether or not you're going to be able to sell the guy sure. or not. And, and it's so just hard the, to sell on a guy so low right now. It is. You find the right person though, who's not Maybe. that low on him, and and the deal gets struck. So I think there's a lot of different scenarios out there. Um, in general, though, I, I do feel like this is not a bad time to get out so, from so, underneath him. So if I agree, agree. With you, if you can get week five value for Zeke, what he was worth week five, yes, I would absolutely sell if you can still get close to that. If if it's what the market is right now, I don't I don't think I could sell. Yeah, I'm I'm with Matt where I'd, I'm a seller too, but like I'm with uh, Gary. I agree with you at the same time. I think he's a hard commodity to sell right now, just because of what you're going to return. People are feeling like Matt said he's running back eleven. We talked about him last week. He's running back eleven. He didn't even play it last week. He's still running right. back eleven. So the value's still there. And I think at the same time, when the dust settles, like his value will rise. You know what I mean? Like it, it, right now, it's fresh in his mind. The season's over. People are like. Yeah, look at Zeke. He Dak's didn't do not it, back you know I mean? yet. Dak's not back yet. So I also think like Zeke, somebody like he, like Aaron Jones, I want to get out of because he's a free agent, right? Like I, I can see that floor dropping completely. Zeke, if you can't get the right deal, I think you have enough time to wait till the start of the 21 season. And the first couple of weeks with Dak back, Zeke will look great. He'll still be a really good running back. And I think you could probably sell then for even a, a bigger commodity, right? Like I think. Maybe like if you can't make the deal that you want now, like week four of the 21 season might be a really good time to sell Zeke because then you can buy some of those. Sure. Probably that'd probably be the easiest time to get some of those 2021 rookies well after your rookie draft was ha- ended. And then you can probably grab, you know, one of those rookie receivers. They didn't start fast or something. Oh, yeah. A really good second round pick guy you liked or something along those lines. That's where they make a move. I'm with Matt. I'm selling Zeke, but I'm selling him in the next 12 month window. It's not a must-sell now for me. Sure. Garrett, uh, the, the first guy I'm going to talk about is I'm going to go over to the tight end position, and I am selling the tight end one, the guy that's been the tight end one for five straight seasons. Yes, it Ooh. seems crazy to sell a guy that has been that consistently good, but we're at the point now where how, how much longer can he do this? And there are teams out there that are so – desperate for tight end there are teams that just absolutely need a tight end there's only so many good ones to go around there's only three or four guys that you feel confident in then there's another three or four that you're hoping can get to that point that you're confident in them but you're not really sure if you can but everyone knows that Travis Kelsey is always good he's just he always has been good he is I think fantasy football wise for the tight end position he's probably the GOAT He's probably the greatest fantasy football tight end we've ever had. So it's really difficult to just say, oh, yeah, I'm going to part ways with that guy. However, if you're not a tried and true, absolutely, I'm looking on my dynasty GM and I'm one of one in contender for next year, that's a guy that I'm looking to sell because when is that going to fall off? When is it going to get to the point where, you know, he's what, 32 years old next season? At some, yep. at some point, 
those wheels have to fall off, especially at a position that's as physical as the tight end position is, as in high demand. He's not going to be getting any faster. Injuries could easily creep up. We've seen it for a lot of tight ends that are around his age range. So I'm looking to get out now while I can still hype him up as the guy, the goat at the tight end position. And I'm trying to cash in right now. Rich, do you remember like six years ago on the podcast when we were like, look, Travis Kelsey's great, but get out from underneath him. He's had a million knee surgeries, blah, blah. And he <laughs> just four, keeps. It was like four years ago. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It probably was like four years ago. But um, I, I, it, you know, a couple of years back, I, I was in, we, it was our, our super flex that we're in for, for Dynasty Nerds. I, I won the championship my first year in that league but the team was kind of starting to disintegrate around him. And, and I made the move to get out from underneath Travis Kelsey and I got a huge haul, but I could have easily held on because he, he lasted a little bit longer. He's been Julio Jones. He I, just bought, I just bought him for a 21 I, first in that and, league to go in that same league title. And I lost this week, a uh, massive game. Oh, but like Garrett pointed out 30, 30, he'll be 32 come yep. next season and nine surgeries. I believe he's had right. So no, you know, age is undefeated. We know it. It's going to eventually creep up on him. The The production you're getting from him or have been getting from him from the past five, five plus years, basically, has been absurd. So to think that he's going to just fall off completely off a cliff is probably it's, it's probably not going to happen that way. But I do see a, a decline. It's It's got to be coming. Don't you think? I mean, just. Now, to be fair, he just signed that contract extension with Kansas City. So Which is a selling point. <laughs> I know. No, I know. So he he's there uh, for probably, let's say, two more years. You're going to have two right. more years of tight end one numbers. I agree with Garrett. He's the GOAT. Odds of him being tight end one next year are still high end. Because, sure. again, and I, here's the only problem with it, though, is, like, if, you're, if you have Travis Kelsey, your team's probably a legit contender. Because either one of you're not, you probably sold him this midseason, or you had him because if he's on your team, you're 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 a contender. I mean, he's a difference maker. He's that big of a difference maker sure. at the position. He, he's a player. I said if you look at all the teams that made the playoffs, I, I'd say when the, if you look at the best team in almost every league, I would say I would almost guarantee Travis Kelsey was on that team because he's that much of a difference maker. He's averaging twenty point six points per game. The second closest is George Kittle with 16.4. And the next guy who's been on fire lately Terrible. is Darren Waller with 15.8. After that, you drop down to TJ Hawkinson, who's averaging 12.4. So we're talking a difference here of eight points per game between between like arguably like Dynasty four. tight end two, you know what I mean? And, and TJ Hawkinson. One, Travis Kelsey's one. Robert Tunyon is number three. at, And yep. he's got, the difference is like 125 points. 125 points between one and three. Crazy. I mean, that, that is just ridiculous. And that's, you know, that's through week 15. So, I mean, do the math on that. It's, he is such a difference maker at that position that, I mean, it, it's almost like you're cheating. You have, you basically have a, another person in your lineup. Um, you basically are you're playing, playing two, two tight ends. You're playing two tight ends. And, yeah, and I'm sorry, only gets one. that was through week 14. Update it. Waller's averaging 16.8 now. And then Tunyon and Hawkinson both averaging 11.7. Right. And, yeah, it's a hard one to sell. Um, I will say that because he's such a difference maker. But here's the move I would make in that scenario, right? So I, let's say you have Kelsey, you're a contender. Um, I think the move here is to go after TJ Hawkinson. I yeah. think that's the move, right? Yep. You go from a 32-year-old to a guy who's 23, a guy who doesn't have a lot of players coming back next year on contract as of right now, none of them at receiver. He did. He is averaging about nine, nine points less per game than uh, Travis Kelsey. But we also would expect Hawkinson's numbers to go up next year as well. You know, no Marvin Jones or Kenny Galladay, one of the two, you know, Kenny Galladay has been there all year, but we'd expect him to go up a little bit more too, because he's only 23 in doing this. And he should be more of a focal point of that offense next year with a new head coach. So hopefully brings in, what we see most of these new coaches are running that Kyle Shanahan system, which is again, they focus on the tight end. So Hawkinson has, has a position here has a chance to even be a more focal point of any offense they bring in next year in Detroit. And right now, I think you'd find a lot of hard pressed owners that are contending. So it's gotta be the right window here. That wouldn't trade you a guy like TJ Hawkinson 
I'd be a little worried about Darren Waller. He is only 28, but like even then, that's that's not a huge step back from Kelsey. But I think with Kelsey, with the move here is you just can't sell Kelsey for like rookie picks or something like that because all of a sudden you go from a contender not to a contender. You, you need and a I, good tight end in return. Yeah, and I don't I don't recommend it at all. So what, what do you guys think here? My number one choice would be Hawkinson. Um, I'd be okay with Mark Andrews. I'd want, but again, I think with all these guys, I'm trying to get like a second back maybe, but like yeah. maybe Mark even a first, depending on the player. I was definitely, I, you could get most of those guys and, and something on top. I would to no, the right, to the right second. person. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, like, you're like, you're not getting a first for any of those guys on top of Goddard, you know what I mean, Goddard would be another guy that would, I'd be looking at. I, I would, I would Presents love to get nice Goddard. Upside. Yeah. I feel like Goddard and like maybe Goddard, you could flip from your second round pick to his first round pick. Maybe like move yeah. up in the draft. Kind of one of those moves. Like, Hey, I'll give you Kelsey uh, in my second for got it in your first. And then you can use that first on Kyle Pitts. And go hey. back and go double up and double down. You know that I mean? is the nicest part about making this deal. And that was going to be my final thing that I brought up is if there's a class that you could potentially get some players that could help fill that gap, this is the class to do it. Fryermuth, Jordan, and then obviously Kyle Pitts is the one. Even if you haven't been paying attention to college football, you've heard about him. Those three guys are all very good tight ends. All could be first round guys. If not, they're going real early in the second. Yeah, good move to make. So Another one point well taken here. Uh, I like to move Garrett. My next guy on the list here is Juju Smith-Schuster, wide receiver, 20 on a year. He's only 24 years old. And you're just going to probably sit here going, Rich, what are you talking about? A 24-year-old old wide receiver one just a couple of years ago, you're going to try and sell it at 24? Yes. I'm selling Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, this is a guy who struggled without Big Ben last year. And I know he was banged up, but, I mean, I saw a lot of bad route running. I saw some drops from him. And this year he's wide receiver 20, but he's not doing it like dynamically. He's had a couple of big games here and there. And then without big Ben, he only had 552 air yards. And right now I don't see him resigning in Pittsburgh. Now with their cap situation, not with having Deontay Johnson, now with having the emergence of chase Claypool. Uh, I know James Washington, James Washington's a free agent, right? I think he's, he has, I think he has one more year, one more, one more year. year. Yep. So even more so not to resign Juju Smith-Schuster, which they historically don't do. They just draft new guys. So what are the odds that he lands in a better situation? First of all, again, we see these receivers um, receivers, probably easier position to probably transition and learn over time to become still a solid productor product in production act. Cause it's not going you know, to be necessarily a scheme fit, like a running back, but like what, what are the odds that he's going to land in a better situation than he was in now? That needs a receiver. I mean, if he goes somewhere, you think Juju's going to take money to be a number two to Devontae Adams? I don't. We just talked about them. They're up against the cap as it is. You know what I mean? So, right. like, maybe the, he goes to Miami, potentially. The, the bummer for his value was one of the main ones that he was linked to was the New York Jets. That was one of the biggest ones he was linked to. And now it looks like they don't have Trevor Lawrence anymore. So that, that took a hit for sure. So I don't think that'd be terrible because he's still a Sam Darnold. I'm not out on Sam Darnold yet. Sure. He's still, you know, or, or Justin Fields. It could or, be Justin Fields as they, well. It could be Justin Fields as well. I don't think they would go that route. I think they would go offensive tackle personally to protect Sam Darnold. Um, and they have Denzel Mims. So I think Juju would be opposite of there, which I think that's what Juju needs in the first place. Like, I don't like Juju as the number one, right? Seeing that number one Let him go back to the scheme slot. And, yeah, do all that. I think that's where he, that. that's where he operates best out of the slot. Once he, you know, once he was pushed into a number one role, you just didn't see the same kind of production from him. Obviously, there was a lot of circumstances surrounding that, like Big Ben was out and they were shuffling a bunch of quarterbacks last season. But this season, he hasn't been anything special, like you were saying. He's just, Washington Washington would be the other place I wouldn't mind seeing him. Um, big good from spot for him. Terry McGowan, yeah. they got the money. and Yeah, yeah, that's another spot I can see him signing with. But they still good. don't have a good quarterback there. They don't have so a quarterback there. Exactly. That's the tough part. But to your sell point, though, Rich, what do you what do you expect to get from a guy like Jesus? First. You would, you would think that you could still get a first for him? 100%. He's 24 years too. old. Yeah. I think I, – I mean, he's wide receiver 20. You know I mean, mm -hmm. it's not like he, he had a terrible year. So you're not selling a guy who like just bombed completely this year. Like I think for most people, they would look at Juju and said, okay, you know, with no, you know, with like an up and down year with Deontay Johnson, Chase Flake coming around, like he finishes wide receiver 20, like a mid range wide receiver two. Who's about like, you're selling it to the point of like, dude, you're talking about a guy who's about to enter free agency. Like he finishes wide receiver 20 in a crowded wide receiver field with all those guys, Washington, Claypool, Johnson, now he's like your selling point is like he's gonna go sign somewhere. You know he's gonna get paid, so he's gonna be there for a while. He's gonna be the number one. Look what he did a couple of years ago as a, 
as a number one. He, obviously, he wasn't. It was Antonio Brown was a number one. But you sell that. <laughs> you, know I mean? you just right. sure. you keep going. And um, to me, I think you could easily get a first. Not only that, I think you probably get like a mid-range first for a guy like Juju as well. And for me, I Juju's too. I've I've seen two much two years in a row out of a receiver that was good, who's not that great anymore. Like I look at Juju and I kind of look at him as where he is now is like kind of what he is, like a wide receiver twenty to twenty six somewhere around. Not bad, right? Not a bad receiver, but like I think for that that value, I would rather get that mid range first and shoot for upside, right? I would rather gamble on a guy. Definitely, if I'm not a championship contender, I don't need Juju. That's changes everything. But like, if I'm struggling here, like I'm going for upside. Like I don't think Juju offers that upside that I'm looking for. I have a number one receiver, and if you're the middle of the road team, he's the perfect access to sell. And on top of that, Matt, I think you probably get first and something on top of that for Juju potentially. Like just again, a throw-in player to offset, maybe like a Preston Williams hmm. who offers some upside. You know what I mean? Like. Something along those lines. I would even take a guy like, oh, not Nelson Aguilar. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> but you mean like not a player so that faster? Well, you got to find a buyer. You got to look at his roster, and you'll see it when you see it. The commodity that he he'd probably be willing to throw in. Or honestly, I would take a first and third out of this draft class because there'll be a receiver there in the third you can gamble on. Sure. So I just think I think this draft class is strong enough where you could find that receiver in this draft that can offer you the upside that Juju won't be able to a guy like Justin Jefferson, a guy like CD lamb. I think this draft is full of guys that offer that upside in the right situation. And I, I expect Kyle Pitts to go high. If you're in a super flex league, I would take any first round pick whatsoever for Juju. It doesn't even have to be mid range. Um, I think some running backs are going to get you know, moved up like they do every year. Well, you know, we're talking about two, three now, probably four by the time we get to April. And I think some of these receivers are going to fall down a little bit and there's gonna be really good value just like we saw this year with Justin Jefferson going later uh guys like T Higgins going late Denzel Mims you know what I mean so like there is really value there in the mid to late first at the receiver position and I would take every one of those guys right now over Juju every one of those guys T Higgins Denzel Mims Michael Pittman Jr I would take all those guys ahead of Juju Smith right now if I'm doing a startup so why not just do it in next year's class which is arguably just as strong at receiver as this class was. Fair enough. All right. Um, so my next guy, I, I kind of wish I would have flip-flopped these so we weren't running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver for me and Rich. But my guy, my guy is Terry uh, – not Terry McLaurin. It what? Is I was going to say, you shut your mouth. It you, is shut a, your, you shut your dirty mouth, Matt O'Hara. It, it is Amari Cooper, though, who was right above Terry McLaurin, oh. which is why I said Terry McLaurin because I was reading the name below. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm saying sell Pat Mahomes and Superflex. <laughs> Sorry, he was at the top of the list. I don't know. I was looking. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, like I said, Amari uh, Cooper, Cooper just bordering on the wide receiver one conversation this year. And, and again, same kind of conversation that we had with, with Zeke. The whole offense as a whole was, was, was down in the dumps. So you're saying, why the heck would you sell the guy then? He's got nowhere to go but up. When you dig in a little bit, this guy, I mean, the air yards really aren't there. I think he's hes in the 40s or something like that as far as air yards are darn near close. Um, I had it right here in front of me, but I lost it. Regardless, <laughs> regardless, he's, he's down there 35, 40, somewhere in, 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 that, in that range. But when you dig in even more and, and you look at the guys on his team in particular, the differential between – the, sh- the snap shares of him and CD lamb are just, you know, Amari Cooper's getting almost 87% of the snap share to, to CD lamb's 69% if you round. And the, the, the production is not that far off. So I think if you watch the game, if you watch any Dallas games, you, you can obviously see that CD lamb is just a much more dynamic player. So in my eyes, it's, it's only a matter of time before Amari Cooper with his big bloated contract is moving into a, a different situation on a different team. And from there, I, I just, I, I still think he's going to maintain value and be a good player. I'm just not sure there's going to be as much hype around a guy that's not in Dallas is not with Dak Prescott. And, and you just don't kind of know where he's going to land. Rich is not buying it. I ain't buying it for me no. to sell Mark Cooper. You got to pay the, you got to pay the bucks. I mean, this guy, here's why he's 26 years old. 
He's on a he's on a contract. He's going to be at least in Dallas. I, I know we talked about Ceedee yeah. Lamb. I, 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 I I'm not even arguing where I don't think Ceedee Lamb will be the number one guy there. Like I'm not even making that argument. But Amari Cooper, I, mean, I think we've seen in today's day in NFL, you get 100 support two wide receivers. It's an easy thing to do uh, these days. We see it right now with Minnesota and a guy like Kirk Cousins has Justin Jefferson as wide receiver eight, Adam Thielen wide receiver twelve on the year. Like you said, Amari Cooper is wide receiver 13 right on the outside looking in. Where was Justin Jefferson? Jefferson was uh wide receiver eight, Matt. You knew Zed, that. Talk to me. PBR leagues. Jacket. So to me, Amari <laughs> Cooper, six foot one, 26 years old, signed a good contract. Wide receiver 13 with Andy Dalton and all kinds of crazy things. Like I said, it's kind of funny because we're talking about Zeke, you know, down like he's still borderline. He's a running back one. Mark Cooper with all the things going wrong here and bringing in C lamb and still having Michael Gallup and emergence of Dalton Schultz still wide receiver 13. Amari Cooper is one of the most dynamic route runners in the NFL. And that always wins and always equals fantasy production. So for me, I, I don't view Amari Cooper as I'm, I, I'm not selling them, right? Like I can't sell them, but if you want Amari Cooper off me and you're like, you listen to podcasts and listen to Matt, like you're paying mucho bucks. Or Amari, like he's a second round startup guy for me. Um, I think that's why you sell him because he's still he can still grab you mucho bucks. I know, but that's, like it, it, that's had why good, I, it had to be a complete blow up for me to sell him because even so, I'm in the if, even I'm in the middle of the road, he's young enough to be there in two years at 28 to help me get where I need to be. You know that what that mean? Like, was going to be my question. Do you think he's going away? Is that the reason that you're you're selling him? I'm just I'm not sure that he's going to. Rich says you can you can support two wide receiver ones but for how long i mean is that like something you could do year in and year out or is amari cooper the guy that's going to fade into the wide receiver two conversation he's there he could be there for the next three four years and and then you're you've got this guy that was worth two first round picks all of a sudden he's faded down to this wide receiver two territory and now now you're talking Juju Smith Schuster. Maybe you're going to get a one. Maybe you're going to get a one for him. You know, just no, one. I, I think Amari Cooper is in a completely different class when it comes to wide receivers than Juju Smith Schuster. I really do. I think, I think, I think you, I, I think we forget like, man, like going back and watching his college tape, like how good he was coming out, you know, as, as a, a lot runner. of, a lot has happened between his college tape and now though. Well, the, he, had, he, he had the drop issue there for about the drop issues 15 for a months. You yeah, know, but that hasn't that hasn't popped his head back up lately. Like I don't, I haven't you know seen that here in 2020. Um, I again, I don't, I don't have a problem with selling Amari, but I don't look at him as a sell. Um, I guess in the grand scheme of things, Matt, like I, of course I'll listen because anybody's a sell, right? Sure. Like anybody's a sell. It's just for me, like I'm not as worried. And you said, I, I think year in and year out, the way how much Dak throws it. I mean, Dak was on pace for like 8,000 yards this year, right? Like. <laughs> And they were said Mike McCarthy and their he legitimately was, was like close to six thousand. You know what I mean? So projection. like Amari Cooper's number would be going through the roof. I mean, look, other guys are even close at wide receiver twos. I mean, Cole Beasley right now is wide receiver sixteen. Defon Diggs is wide receiver three. You know, so there's two other receivers. Got DK Metcalf wide receiver five. Tyler Lockett wide receiver eleven. So I think it is pretty common in today today's uh, day and age where you can see stuff. This Robert Woods wide receiver ten. Cooper Cup wide receiver nineteen. So I think there's room for Amari and uh, C. Lamb. I think Michael Gallup's the guy out there. I think, I think Michael Jerry Gallup. Jones wants to show, put on a show, and I think Amari Cooper and C. Lamb are going to be part of that show with Zeke Elliott and Dak Prescott. All right. Well, I get my main concern is that that Amari Cooper is going to go from this borderline wide receiver one that he is now to a guy that's in the a middle wide receiver two, and there's just not okay. going to have the same value. And that's the reason that I, I would want to sell him now because he still holds that wide receiver one value. I, li- I listen to that. If, if, if that, if you believe that, then I'm, I'm hundred percent with you, like try and always get that return. I just don't like, I would just, just disagree. Don't yeah. 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 I don't believe it. I think he's going to be a very solid receiver for the next three years, at least like really good years. Like I'm looking to sell Amari Cooper, like, 2930. Yeah. Like, like I feel like next year, uh, like CD takes a big step forward and Amari retracts like wide receiver, like eight, seven, right around there. And then I'm riding him for another year. And then I'm even entertaining more offers. I actually, Matt, think his value is going to go up in 2019 and I'm getting, I'm looking to sell Amari. 2019. You think it's going to go up? Yeah. 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 That's Marty bold. Mc, yeah. Marty McFly style. Uh, <laughs> they'll have a mile DeLorean and go back there and buy him. But I think, 
I think his time to sell would be as he gets closer to the point where like Dallas can move on from him. You know what I mean? Like that, that's where I get, because anytime he, as long as he's tied to Dak with CD to offset him, I think, I think he's have a great, I actually think he has a better year in 2021 than he does in 2020. So I feel like you're selling now. You're going to sell yourself a little short personally. Right, just forget it. Just business. sell Cole Beasley. He's wild. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's never going to maintain that man. Just sell him. All there right, it Gary, is. Close, close this out here with your last guy. Well, before we get to my last guy, we do have one additional sponsor that we want to talk about. And friends. that is our guys at prediction strike com. They've been with us quite a bit this year. They've seen us through the times where I was hyping up DJ Dallas. They saw us through uh, hyping up Justin Herbert. Now it's time to hype up Jalen Hurts. And you know what? Honestly, we're not that far away from getting to hype up all of these rookies, rookies. in the 2021 class. Man, if you can get in there and get their stocks before they even you know get a chance to step on the field, you could see the profit margins for some of those guys just shoot through the roof. Uh, and that's our friends at predictionstrike.com. You have the opportunity to get shares of these players from day one. Imagine if you had all of those guys. Imagine if you had these superstar players and you got their price when they were just wee little rookies. That's what you can do at predictionstrike.com. So get started today by visiting predictionstrike.com and sign up with the code DYNASTY to get an additional $10 off your first deposit of 20 or of $20 or more that's predictionstrike.com code dynasty for an additional 10 bucks off your first deposit of $20 or more. All right, we'll get into my final guy here. And uh, originally I had their order switched, but since we had talked about two running backs early, I didn't want to go three for three on running back. So I saved him to, for the tail end, but I think it's time. And actually we talked about selling this guy at the beginning of the season. So hopefully you did sell this guy. Uh, then as opposed to now, but Alvin Kamara, mm. I'm looking to get out from Alvin Kamara. And that's tough because he's been a top three or four guy all season long. But I think we've started to see a glimpse into what life could be like maybe without Drew Brees. And it, it's a little bit scary. Uh, now, part of that is the Taysom Hill effect. If it's not Taysom Hill and it's a different quarterback, would have the same effect on him. But we know that so much of his value is predicated on catching the football. So if there ends up being any quarterback that comes in there and is not willing to check it down nearly as often as Drew Brees was, all of a sudden that value is not there because he's only running for, you know, 40 yards a game, 30 yards a game, 55 yards a game. Like his value is not between the tackles. He's it's got 700, be- 777 yards rushing and 739 yards receiving. So there he's right. He's real close on both of them. Exactly. But- so I'm worried. And, and, and he's hitting that same age threshold as we're talking about with Aaron Jones and Zeke. He's, he's in that exact same range. And could you be getting out a year too early? Absolutely. But I want to get out a year too early as opposed to getting out a year too late. I am worried about him. I do want to get guys like Jonathan Taylor. I do want to get guys like JK Dobbins and with how much value he still holds, even probably over Zeke and uh, Aaron Jones at this point, I think you can get JK Dobbins and get yourself a first round pick uh, in this year's draft, or at least something close to that. So that's the guy that I think I want to sell before it gets too late. Yeah. I mean, it it makes sense to sell a guy like Alvin Kamara. Um, Drew Brees might come back next year. From weeks 10 through 15 in PPR leagues, he was running back four. If we go over to, uh, we go from week 11 on, I don't know when he got, when, uh, when did he get hurt? Drew Brees, you remember? It was right around then 10. Yeah. So from week 11 to 15, he moved all the way down to running back number nine overall, uh, which again, that doesn't, that doesn't, he's, he's literally right ahead of Melvin Gordon there from weeks 11 to 15. They average, he delivered Alvin Kamara averaged 0.4 more points than Melvin Gordon over the last four, five weeks, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So over the last five weeks, Mel, Alvin Kamara's average 0.4 points more than Melvin Gordon. Running back number nine, Melvin Gordon max running back 10. Melvin Gordon's one of the guys I talked about early in the years, like one of the best values that running back in dynasty where you can get like that running back one for super cheap. And like Alvin Kamara's price is looking at a price tag of like 
three firsts, right? That's what you're looking at to probably buy a guy like Alvin Kamara. I'm with you, Garrett. Like, I don't – I think with his type of running back, who's a PPR running back, he holds value longer. Sure. He'll always be that PPR running back, right? So, like, there'll be times where he could be taken away, essentially. And for me, that is – it's worrisome where, hey, I'm testing the market as well. And to see what I can get for what most guys consider a mid-range first-round startup pick. So, yeah. I mean – Yeah, yeah. I, I think the return on a guy like on like Alvin Kamara is pretty much endless, right? Like, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't see why you can't go. Like, Matt, I know this is a question for you that you would say yes to, but I want to see if it's easier for you. Would you trade Alvin Kamara today, straight up for Justin Jefferson? I mean, obviously, it would have to be a con- playoff contender type of situation to do that, and I, I would make that move if I had to, but I. I wouldn't like it at all. Uh, I, if it would have to be the exact perfect right scenario for me to make that move. And, and I know it's hard going from running back to receiver. I'm just talking about like a perceived value. And obviously your team always makes a deal because, but remember like it's easier to fill that running back hole than it is to fill that wide receiver one hole. Easily. Like, it's the easiest hole to fill. I mean, again, you're going to trade it for Melvin Gordon for a 23 first, right? I'll, I'll put and it this way. There, you're going to trade for Justin Jefferson and you get I'll equal it, value. I'll put it this way. There's probably, 20 scenarios I could think of where I would not trade Justin Jefferson uh, and like one that I would, I would trade just Jefferson for, for Kamara straight up. So that's, you know, in most, typically scena- you're taking Jefferson first. Absolutely. Most scenarios I would definitely take um, Justin Jefferson before. So to piggyback off your other point though, Rich, the, the weeks 11 through 14, when Drew Brees was out, Kamara on a points per game basis was only wide uh, running back 16 overall. So yeah. he was not, he was not so turning it, it was up. even lower. Cause some guys got hurt or some guys were missing time because yep. of mm-hmm. bye weeks or whatever. Absolutely. I said it, I said it in the beginning of the year. If you guys remember it, I said it on every national podcast. I was like, is Alvin come We're promoting Clyde Edwards, a right? I use this comp every single time and every guest show I did. And every show we did, I said, is Clyde Edwards, a the best running back in his class? No, he's not. I was like, but is Alvin Kamara the best running back in the NFL? Absolutely not, but he's just in the right system and the right scheme. And we saw if anything breaks in that system or scheme, it can have drastic effects on that player. It can make Alvin Kamara more of an Austin Eckler, JD McKissick. I mean, there's other guys that could do Kamara is fantastic at what he does. Mm-hmm. This is not a knock on Kamara. I'm kind of with you, Garrett, where like we've already seen some dings in this dents in this armor, right? Like we see where this can go, where Alvin Kamara can go from running back one overall, two overall to running back nine to 16, somewhere in that range. Right. And those guys, you can find those guys on a yearly, but you, you could have got James Robinson for less. You know what I mean? Like, I think I'd feel more comfortable moving for a guy. If I move Kamara, I'm going big, right? Like I am going big. I'm shooting for go give Devonte Adams, go get, or yeah, a younger receiver, even Justin Jefferson. Yeah. I don't want to, that's the thing. I'm not, I'm not training a young running back for like Devonte Adams, right? Like a 28 year receiver, wide receiver one, unless I can, if I can afford to lose him, but I'm going for a Justin Jefferson, right? Sure. A guy who I think is to be a wide receiver one, potentially for the next seven AJ Brown, years. DK Metcalf. Yeah, exactly. Those kind of guys for Kamara. It's what I'm doing. And then I'm finding a way in this draft. I'm just going to draft a running back. Right. Cause then, you gotta imagine you're not losing those Kamara points. You're just putting them in the receiver position. So you're not, you're not people like, Oh, I can't lose that. Like you're not losing it. Like you're, you're putting you're, those points in a, in a, a safer sock, right? You're, just like we mentioned say, you're, the, you're securing them long-term is what you're doing in just a different position in a better, yeah, a better stock. Like you're, you're flipping the McDonald's stock for the Amazon stock or the, the Walmart stock for the Tesla stock. You know what I mean? Mm. Like something along mm. those lines, like you're moving, you're moving those points just to a different position. That's all. Like you're not losing. Some people are like, oh, I can't lose those points at running back. Like you can add them to your receiver position and then go draft a <laughs> running back. Again, remember in Dynasty, the easiest position to fill on your roster is a running back position. Because then even going next year, if you're a contender, you could trade for guys that are Melvin Gordon, for right. example. You Wayne Goldman for, was great for a while. Now he screwed me this week, but he was Wayne great Goldman for a while. for the push. You're going to pay it for J.D. McKissick when Antonio Gibson went down for that playoff run. There's always those guys that will be 
helpful late in the season that don't that hold no long-term value. Give a second or third. Yep. And all you gotta do is give a second and you're overpaying or you're going to come away with the title. And that's all that matters, right? You're not going to do that at receiver. You're not going to find that guy. That's going to be that, that big point game. Cause nobody's selling those guys, right? Nobody's selling those guys. And People, they, you, they, they just don't, ha- they just don't have, I mean, I mean you know, the running back, the players come out of nowhere because of the, all the oh, injuries yeah. that happen at that position. Yeah, exactly. Um, look at look at these guys weeks here here it is the top 12 running backs from weeks 11 to 15 the last 5 weeks so from the right before the playoff push through the playoffs here are the here are the running back ones in order and tell me which ones of these guys you couldn't couldn't buy Derrick Henry running back 1 couldn't buy couldn't buy number running back number 2 overall who averaged the most points per game David Montgomery could have bought him 100 Hundred percent could buy him. All you do is give up a first round pick. I guarantee you could have got David Montgomery. Running back three, Dalvin Cook can't buy him. Running back four, Nick Chubb hard to buy. Five, Jonathan Taylor hard to buy. Six. Well, you might have been able to week eleven because he was coming off his cold stretch. Well, that was you're right. Week eleven, you probably could have bought him. Um, number six, James Robinson, you could have got him. Number seven, Aaron Jones, maybe, oh, maybe yeah. not. Number eight. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Number eight, Kenyon Drake. Drake. 100% could have bought him. Definitely. Nine, Alvin Kamara. Couldn't have bought him. 10, Melvin Gordon. Could have bought him. 11, Austin Eckler. Could have bought him. could have bought him. I think Number 12, J.D. Sure. McKissick. For sure. So there are 12 running back ones there. One, two, three, four, five, six of them. Half of them you could have bought for your championship put push. You ain't buying Justin Jefferson. You know what I mean? Like so. And it's by, like, and by the way, the Tony, Tony Pollard's fourteen, so you could have definitely, you know, had your share of him as well. Yeah, and guys behind him. Yeah, guys like Cam Akers at thirteen could have bought him. Mike Davis at sixteen for a rental could have bought him. Um, Naheem Hines at twenty could have could have got right. him free. Chase Edmonds was running back twenty two. Ladavius Murray twenty four running back two. So I think the point here is like, it just more proves the point of how fluid running backs should be. Because as impossible it is to replace a guy like maybe like Alvin Kamara may seem, you got to remember all you're doing is transferring those points to a safer position long term. You know, if I can get CD Lamb plus for Alvin Kamara, I'm doing it. If I can get Justin Jefferson straight up, you know, Kamara might go higher in a, in a startup, and I'm fine with that. But I, I honestly would rather take Justin Jefferson. And figure and then figure out my running back position, right? Because now all of a sudden I have another receiver. Hopefully, I have another receiver in my roster. Now I can sell to move up in the draft to grab that running back. I just, I would rather do that move right now because I'm agree with you, Gary. I think it's a sell as well. Like I have no problem selling them. I have no problem holding them, but the right move. There's not many running backs I'm not selling. I guess is what the point is. I mean, I think I was a little bit on the fence, but then when I saw his actual numbers when Drew Brees was out and just the prospect of Drew Brees. I mean, not coming we back at all. Yeah, we have absolutely no idea. Uh, I think, I think, I think it's a great time right now to get out from underneath him. I mean, is there any is there any running back you would not sell right now? Is there DJ any Dallas. running back you would not sell? <laughs> or DJ came up uh, came up lame. I right? know what happened. Special teams, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently, though, they did they they carted him off, air cast, and all that. But it sounds like no like leg, like no legitimate damage. Yeah. So should just be like a week to week thing. So he does just being extra precautious. Good. That's what I like to hear. Yep. All right. Well, that's it. That's our last show of 2020. Uh, Get this it, over with. <laughs> been a hell of a year guys, gals to say the least, but you know, just like anything that comes through tough at you at life, you know, we pulled through, we're still here. Uh, be thankful to still be here. Hmm. Uh, be thankful that, you know, we're still have an opportunity to play fantasy football. Be thankful that we got to watch football as a whole, I mean, we had a big, we had a big series and again, like, what do you do if there's no seeing, uh, there's no season. So like every year, it, there's a lot to be thankful for. And, you know, I, I'm blessed to be able to sit here and talk dynasty fantasy football with all of you, uh, with my friends, Garrett and Matt, there's a lot to be blessed and thankful for in life. And in 2020, you know, again, it was a really rough year, but we made it to the end. I mean, let's go on to 2021. Hopefully everybody that's listening has a chance to win a ship this weekend and you come away with that. I hope everybody has a very happy holiday, whatever holiday you celebrate. I hope you enjoy it with your, you know, your loved ones or your friends. And of course, have a very happy new year. We'll be back in 2021. Like we always are dedicated to bring you as many dynasty fantasy football championships as we can. 
We have another dynamic rookie running back class coming up. We have a lot to discuss this offseason. There's a lot of moves, free agency, seniors, scouting. We have just as long of a rookie process as we did last year. We have about, what do you think, Garrett, three months to break down rookies we'll need? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of guys to go through there especially at the wide receiver and tight. Well, really all the positions, but running back, there's a lot of guys to go through. So if you just started listening to this football season, we are the number one rookie podcast uh, in the world. I'd put our analysis against anybody out there when it comes to scouting dynasty rookies. And uh, if you've been listening for a long time, thanks for coming along for the ride. If you joined this year, welcome to the car. Uh, it's a fun run. Just don't get in the backseat with Bishop Ranky because it's not, a, that, that's not going anywhere. And I look forward to, guys, a 2021 season with Dynasty Nerds. We have a lot to be thankful here, too, launching uh, the Dynasty GM, which is a great tool, the best tool in Dynasty. I encourage everybody to check that out still. And we have so much more to come. I'm so excited to see what the 2021 year brings to us uh, from a life perspective and, of course, from a Dynasty perspective. And I can't wait to get in these rookies. I can't wait for the offseason to begin and for us to start talking about moves and trades and all these new episodes. The, the regular season is the hardest grind to get through because it's a little less dynasty related. It's more redraft related, but the dynasty season has just begun. We're here for you. We won't be here next week. Everybody stay safe, stay healthy. We'll be back next year. Well said. Adios.